level, and we're just excited about what God has um, in the days ahead. Also, next Sunday uh, is a big vision casting day uh, for the future of Heart of the Father, the building renovation. Uh, You're going to hear from all the elders uh, from a couple different individuals, and we're just excited to update you on what's going on on the other side of the building and uh, lots of great things ahead. So who's excited for something new? And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be good. Well, this morning, uh, as I have uh, studied and, and prayed this week, I uh, really just sometimes, to be honest, uh, I feel like I'm suspended in outer space. Uh, that might be a, a unique picture for you, but um, I don't know that I've ever been uh, busier in my life, uh, both with things here and around the country. I've just completed another book uh, that will be published by Destiny Image in November. It will be available in every bookstore around the world. And I've been giving myself to various uh, different projects. And I felt suspended in outer space because I, I desire to catch what God is saying right here, right now. And so um, I hope you appreciate that. I want you to be able to come here at Heart of the Father for a fresh piece of bread and not something stale. I don't like stale bread. And I want to know what God is saying right now. And so um, the various assignments that I've been given, it requires me to spend different times in different places. And so I I want to bring something fresh to us that I believe that God is saying right now. Amen. Um, if I uh, had, a, had a title uh, for this morning's message, it would just simply be called Time to Shift. Time to Shift. Uh, if you don't like change, you will not like this message. Uh, if you are completely satisfied where you're at with God, you will not like this message. Um, I believe that we're living in some of the greatest days uh, that the world has ever known. I was recently asked uh, on a television interview, uh, are we living in days of glory or are we living in days of crisis? And I said both. Uh, I choose a theology uh, based in the book of Isaiah uh, where there's going to be uh, great light and great darkness. There's going to be great glory and great crisis. And depending upon who you are is what you're going to focus on. And so there are plenty of horrible things going around the world that you could magnify and talk about. There are also plenty of great things that you could uh, talk about and magnify. And I believe as we grow in maturity, we have to learn how to balance both. So yes, I believe there is a last day's outpouring that's coming to the earth that we've never seen before. I believe that the light of God is going to shine, but I also believe that darkness is going to increase around the nation, and we have to get prepared for that. I hear a lot of people in the church talk about how they would love to meet Bible characters. They'd love to meet David. They'd love to meet Paul. Uh, In a time of prayer recently, the Lord told me that actually those Bible characters are ready to meet you and I. Maybe they long to peer into the days that you and I are living in. Maybe there are such great promises 
hanging over the church right now that the Lord is looking for courageous people, hope-filled people, new wine, new fire, new season people. Maybe God is looking for a people that will pull down what He's promised. Or we can just live the American dream and go to work and save money and go on many vacations and call it a wrap and get to heaven when we die. I want more. I, 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 I want to inherit all that God has promised. And I believe in light of what's happening in the earth, glory crisis, light and darkness, that God is looking for a courageous people. And I believe to live in courage requires encouragement. Some of you this morning, you are so close. You are on the verge of that next season, that next phase in God. And I believe this morning is going to serve as encouragement to get you just into what God has promised. But we can't settle for any Ishmael's. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Genesis chapter 17? The title of this morning's message is called Time to Shift. I believe many of you will find this to be a timely word, something that God is saying now. Genesis 17, again, there are realms of the promises of God that are lingering over the church, waiting for someone to see them, someone to believe them, Someone this morning just to say yes. Genesis 17. I want to start off by talking about Ishmael just a little bit. Uh, many of us are familiar with Isaac and Ishmael. Uh, Abraham couldn't hold on to what the Lord had spoken. He settled and had a child with Hagar. And this is what the Lord says about Ishmael. And for Ishmael in verse 20, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him. Can you say bless him? So the Lord will bless Ishmael's. The Lord will bless Ishmael's. I will bless him and make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. Verse 21, but my covenant, say covenant, I will establish with Isaac. Many of you are on the verge of a transition, a shift. Something new that the Lord is wanting to bring you into. Something that He's promised. Something in your heart that you know to be true. God promised Abraham Isaac. But how many of you know on our journey to inherit what God has promised, a lot of times our human nature, because we're impatient, any impatient fellow offenders. We don't like to wait. We want it in our timing. There's these Ishmael's. There's these second offers. There's these things that we settle on because we want it and we want it now. Now what I want to point out to you is this. A lot of times we're deceived. We're tricked. We don't understand for example, my wife and I have been uh, searching for a home. 
our house has been for sale for quite some time and we found this house that we really felt like we were supposed to have and we made an offer on the house and uh, the owner declined the offer and so we thought okay so we we really felt like that's the one the Lord wanted us to have so we shifted and found this other house here in Lakeland and uh, there was some work that needed to be done and so there was a gentleman that met us at the house uh, that I really hadn't really met before didn't recognize him and we're talking about some of the renovations that needed to happen at the house and afterward he just stops and looks at me and says are you sure this is the house that God wants you to have And I admit I got a little prideful and just blew the guy off like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said it again. He said, are you sure that there wasn't a better house that God had for you? And I said, oh, yeah, whatever. I got on my truck and the Lord, Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, that was me. Listen, if he can use a donkey in the Bible, he can use anyone or anything. He will do anything that he can possibly to get us not to settle for second best. When we talk about wholeheartedly serving the Lord, for me, wholehearted servanthood toward the Lord is, I'm not settling for anything than God's best. I'm not taking any other offers. I'm not, so I say in the car to the Lord, okay, well, he said, well, why don't, why don't you go back to that first house and just wait on me? And as the story goes, sure enough, the first seller, the house that we wanted, he contacted our agent back and said, I'm ready to negotiate. And right now we've got a contract on that house that we wanted. But there was, a, there was a, a fight there. There was a struggle. God had to use some random dude to prophesy to the prophet. I'm thankful for God's mercy. I'm thankful for Him just, Lord, but that's one of the, the cries. So I, I want you to hear me. Don't be deceived and settle just because God will bless an Ishmael. Well, God is blessing me, so this has to be it. Well, things are good and see... Ishmael had the blessing of God, but Isaac had covenant with God. I believe that the Lord is looking for a people in the earth that will not settle for his blessing, but that will pursue him to such a degree that they won't settle for anything less than covenant. The Lord said to me last night real late as I was looking over the message again, he said, sometimes my blessings are not my best. Blessings were God's best. We're in transition. A lot of you are on the verge of getting to that next place that God's called you to. The Lord showed me in the month of June, people are going to shift to a new church. I believe all across the earth, the Lord is shifting people to the exact church home that He wants them to. 
I saw God shifting people geographically to the city that he wants them to live in in June. I see God shifting people in your job occupation. This is a month. It's a divine month on God's calendar for a shift. But we have to issue a warning from the Spirit of God not to settle for His blessing, but to cry out and ask Him for covenant. Lord, I won't settle for anything less than what You've promised. And only You know what that is. Because I don't know about you, but I, I get talked out of God's covenant all the time. Great-minded people, people that love me, that try to talk me out of total surrender to Him. Ah, brother, you've waited long enough. You've prayed long enough. That's great, but is that what God is saying? I have here 99% of the people, that's a strong figure, that I know that are in position to do something great for God are in a state or season of transition. I believe many people are in the middle of getting out and going in and desperately need help getting into what God has for them. I believe getting out and getting delivered is tremendous we need to celebrate that, but we should never stay there. You hear testimonies many times of people getting off drugs or getting free from alcohol or getting out of a former season, and, and we want to celebrate that. The way that I would say that is that's them getting out of Egypt. But how many of you know that you can still be miserable and delivered if you don't get into what God has called you to do. Israel was just as miserable in the wilderness as they were in Egypt, so much so that they asked on four different occasions to go back where they came from. It's not enough to just say, I'm free from that former way of life. It's not enough to say, I'm free from drugs. God wants you to help other people get free from drugs. This is why rehab doesn't work most of the time. You know why rehab doesn't work most of the time? Because it focuses on getting people out of something and not into something. And I believe that there's a season of transition, there's a shift that's coming, and it's more than you just stepping out in a way from whatever it is that the Lord, and I'm not going to get real specific. You might say, wow, brother, this is really general. I believe that's on purpose because the Holy Spirit wants you to dialogue with Him on what exactly He's calling you out of and into. But we can't get stuck in transition. We can't get stuck in the wilderness. Again, the only time scripturally people get stuck in the wilderness is because of disobedience. 
I meet Christians many times that have this wilderness complex that we're always going to suffer, we're always going to be poor, we're always going to be miserable, we're always going to be sick, we're always going to have a terrible marriage. This is just the way that it is. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord has come today to break off those poverty mindsets. And I even believe some of you need to know being poor doesn't resemble spirituality I'm not saying you're not spiritual if you're poor but I believe the Lord wants to increase an understanding of kingdom wealth for many people in this room he wants to give you finances so that you can not only be blessed but that so you can bless others So we're coming out of something. Trust me, I felt crazy all week. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to be talking like I know, but I really don't know. I'm going to be standing up here telling people there's a shift and a transition, and I have no idea what that means for them. And I'm just going to trust, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to them about whatever you're shifting and transitioning them out of to be aware of the Ishmaels, to not settle for the blessing of God and cry out for covenant. Don't settle for anything less than what He's promised you. And also, don't get stuck in that transition. Between getting out and going in, there's always a wilderness. It's in the wilderness season, this season of transition where sometimes your friends and family aren't going to agree with your transition. Is anybody breathing? Have you ever been in that season? I remember when we planted Heart of the Father ministry in those early years. I was laughing with the elders this weekend. I'd like to kind of forget about them, but I can't. But I, I remember when we heard from God to plant Heart of the Father ministry, I had written out support letters, kind of like a missionary would, to friends and family people that I loved and we had relationship with and asked them for donations, for nursery supplies, for monetary support. And I couldn't believe the response because literally it was all negative. This is not the will of God. You're too young. You need more education. You need a business loan. I mean, every door that I knocked on at the beginning of this church plant, no, no, no. No. And I remember we were married just a year. I was literally weeping, crying on our hardwood floor. And I'm saying to the Lord, I, I know that you spoke to me that this is what you've called us to do. I can't get any help in the transition. I respect, I honor authority, those have, that have gone before us. If there's wisdom, I want to receive it. But I, I just, I can't get help. And the Lord spoke a verse to me, Isaiah 66, 9. It says, do I bring to the moment of delivery and not give birth, says your God. Can I tell you that that one verse literally sustained me against a torrent of deception in hell for an entire year. I still don't know how we made it through that first year, but the grace of God, but the word of the Lord 
What has God spoken to you? What has the Lord personally spoken to you about your life? Because if we're waiting for a prophet to give us a word, we're living underneath an inferior covenant. You are living underneath the wrong covenant if you are waiting for a prophet or someone to give you direction for your life. The new covenant primarily, the word that you're supposed to receive is supposed to confirm what you've already heard from the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to be wandering around clueless about our life and our destiny. And again, there are promises of the Lord that He has specifically locked up just for our generation. There's a plan, there's a purpose, there's a destiny for each and every person in this room. And then again, in order to operate in courage, you have to be encouraged. And I want to encourage you personally, and even us corporately, not to settle for anything less than what God has promised. But if you don't know what He's promised, that's the first first step and many of us know it's it's just easier to set goals that we know we can achieve easily so we'll never be disappointed does anybody have a friend named negative nancy hopefully you're not married to her or him we we we, we just live at this just this barely making it I I know I we we set these goals this listen I, I believe that we're dreaming we're believing for too little if what we're believing and dreaming for doesn't require divine intervention I want to dream so big and believe God for so much in my life that it literally requires God stepping in I want to dream so big for Heart of the Father ministry that at the end of the day, in 20 years, people will know this church from all over the globe, and what will be said about this church is this, only God could have done that. This is the testimony. This is the story of the nation of Israel. This should be the testimony. This should be the story of our lives that we live this life on the earth not focused on what we can see but focused on what we couldn't see and we're going to walk with all the fire of our faith believing God for the impossible because I'm a new creation. The old is past. The new is come. And when I was born again, impossibility was sown into my DNA. I feel a holy stirring from the Lord. 
I felt a stirring for, from the Lord that the Lord is wanting to come in and exhort us, to rally us, to get us away from disappointment and, and fatal thinking, and it's always going to be like this, and it's always going to have a bad marriage, and I'm never going to... The Lord wants to rally His people, but at the same time, I found myself gaining an intense hatred for the devil. I cannot stand him. He is a liar, he is a deceiver, and he is a stealer of destiny. And he operates in deception. He puts thoughts in your head that are not you. And we have to rise up with the authority of Christ and cast them down. Really, all that he wants us to do is quit. Just quit. Just give up on your marriage. Just give up on hope. Just give up on destiny. Just settle. In other words, just be miserable. I wouldn't do this if I didn't feel like the Lord told me to say this because it's offensive and I'm just not out to offend to offend. But I truly believe that the Spirit of God spoke to me this week to tell some of you this. Some of you. You're miserable. Stop kidding yourself. The reality of where you're currently at with God, you're justifying, you're making excuses, you're making it out to be way better than it is. And the Spirit of God would say to us this morning, if you'll only cry out for my help, if you'll only invite my hope, I hear God saying right now, I am raising up hope reformers in the church. I'm raising up hope-filled prophets that will rise and they won't just prophesy the problem. They're going to give you the solution. Yes, we know America is in hell in a handbasket and this and that. It doesn't take you being prophetic to identify the problem. But what is God saying? I meet all these people, the church this and the church that, and there's no one in my area, a hundred miles that's going after God. Well, why don't you start a church? If you're so equipped to do the work of the Lord, why don't you do it? Because it's easier to sit on our rear and accuse and criticize and point fingers than actually get in the game. See, we need more than a keyboard anointing in this generation where we sit on Facebook and just type about this and that. We need some boots on the ground. We need to mobilize the church. We need an army to rise up and go in our cities and neighborhoods and workforces and begin to prophesy the plans and the purposes of God and not take no for an answer. We need to break ties with negativity. We need to stop speaking death over our marriage, death over our finances. I feel the Spirit of God. We need to begin 
to prophesy life. We need to begin to prophesy hope in a future. This is the God that we serve. He is more than able to do abundantly more than we can ask for or imagine. He will withhold no good thing from those who seek His face. If you're a man or woman of God and you've kept yourself pure, even if you haven't, God can redeem you. But do not settle for someone less than what God has promised you. You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep holding on. Don't partner with an Ishmael. Cry out for an Isaac. We're supposed to be believing in seeing in living at such a higher level in the body than we're currently living in. We're supposed to be that place where when people come in, they can be filled with hope and a future. They can hear the good news of the gospel that people won't leave here the same way that they came in. Lord, make us encouragers. Lord, release a prophetic spirit upon each and every one of us that we could strengthen, that we can comfort, that we could do well with one another. Sky's the limit. You're going to meet hundreds of people this week. Can we make a difference? It's kind of hard to speak the good plans of the Father over other people's lives if you don't believe it for your life. It's kind of hard to speak blessing over other people's lives when you speak, keep speaking curses over your life. Be healed. Be delivered. Be set free. Oh, God, if it's your will, just heal them. Well, Lord, if it be in your will, let's just hope our marriage gets better. What is that? If I'm going to aim, I'm going to aim high. If I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss by a mile. But I'm not going to come up short Asking the God who is more than able to do what he said he's going to do. I was doing a meeting just to give you a testimony of, of encouragement of, of what I believe God is going to do in this generation. Some of you might have heard this testimony, but I was at doing a, a large conference last year. And uh, in the crowd, I was ministering and called up a woman uh, that was very short, just out of the crowd. I didn't know anybody there. And the Lord just gave me this short prophetic word for her. And I said, uh, what the devil stole from the cradle, God says I'm more than able. And that was it. It wasn't like a you know, big long word. What the devil stole from the cradle, God says I'm more than able. And it was like, Boom, a lightning bolt hit her. She flew back, was slain in the spirit for like two hours. And I just went on and did the meeting. And she came up to me after the meeting and she said, do you know who I am? I said, I don't. She said, I'm Justin Bieber's mom. What the devil stole from the cradle, God says, I'm more than able. 
Can you imagine if a man like that was truly converted and sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ? What a radical impact he could have all over the earth. Is your God more than able or not? Can he bring life where there was death? Can he bring hope where there is disappointment? Can he make all things new where it was just only old? Can he bring increase where there was decrease? Can he bring you promise where there was a wilderness? I'm telling you, God is here this morning to rally and stir you up and fire you up. I'm not going to cheerlead you into an emotional experience, but I'm telling you the Spirit of God is here this morning to break off former seasons and mindsets, meager possibilities, sickness and disease. I believe the Lord wants to heal bodies this morning. He wants to heal mindsets. He wants to break the back of addiction. Let faith arise, not in your circumstances, but in who your God is. Don't tell God how big your giants are. Tell your giants how big your God is. Don't settle. It's like a father coming to his kids and only he knows the deposit that he's put in them. Only God knows the investment, every hair on your head when you sit and when you rise only the father in heaven can look at you and look at himself and look at the son and look at the spirit and say didn't we make something beautiful the destiny the plans the purpose and how it must break his heart how he must grieve when we settle for so much less than what he promised. Saints, we're living in an American culture that is encouraging people to do the very least that they can and still make it into heaven. We are creating church cultures where people are asking the question, what's the least that I can do? What, 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 what's the most that I can sin and still barely make it in the, the, the pearly gates? When the Lord is wanting to create cultures where we say, how much of heaven can I have on earth while I yet live? When we get to heaven, God is not going to say to anyone, well, you prayed too much. You believed too much. You, you were. The Lord is looking for a peculiar people that won't take no for an answer. Oh, I, I've been telling God they might think I'm a looney tune, but I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to claw. I'm going to scratch. I'm going to grab hold of the biggest amount of the grace of God. I mean, think about what Paul said. I've outworked every single one of you, but not I, but the grace of God within me. He says, the grace of God did not prove vain in me. In other words, the greatest grace preachers should be the hardest workers among us, not the lazy. 
any grace message that relieves believers of personal responsibility is a false grace message. Lord, I want to grab a hold of every ounce of grace. I want to run the race. Pulling us out, he's transitioning us out, he's shifting us out of things that we settled for, lies that we've believed, deception that we're walking in. He's saying, come and renew your mind this morning. Come and dunk your head in the word of God. It's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two double-edged sword. I love the worship this morning. I, I appreciate the song selection. You know why? Because it was all about how my circumstance has nothing to do with how good my week's going to be. If you looked at all those verses, what it was saying is, my hope, my trust, my belief is in Jesus. And if I'm anchored in Him, who cares how good this week is? I'm alive and I'm secure and I'm happy, not because I have money in my bank account, not because life is good, I'm secure, I'm happy, I'm blessed because of who I am in Jesus. So why don't you just close your eyes for a minute. I'm not done yet, but I just, I, I feel like the Lord is asking us to speak life over ourselves before we even try to speak life over someone else's. To lift up your God over any circumstance or any situation and say, God, you're able. And how I would suggest we do that is let's just begin to magnify the name of the Lord. We should begin to lift up who He is. We enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. for new we thank you for new we thank you for new new wine new fire new seasons new mindsets a new heart a new perspective a new marriage a new heart just ask him this morning A new language. And just take a deep breath. 
wants us to trust again. He wants us to believe again. He wants us to hope again. Our God is able to abundantly do more than we can ask for or imagine. He will withhold no good thing. See his hands massaging our hearts. It's going to be okay. Dad is here. Good plans. A good future. You're going to make it. It's going to be worth it. There's going to be joy. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be blessing. There's going to be covenant. Lord, I'm just asking right now that you'd begin to heal emotional trauma. For those that got their hopes up and were met with disappointment, hear the Spirit of God saying, I'm breaking the spirit of fatigue off of your mind and your heart. Just command fatigue. A weariness to be banished from this room. I will be with you every step of the way. I will not lift my hand nor my anointing off of your life. Only trust in me. Only believe in me. Do not give your ear to the devil in this season, says the Lord. For he will come and twist. He will come and try to trick. But I have given you my word that you might speak life, that you might speak truth. God be for us who can be against us I'm on your side says God I am not the author of your pain says God I do not enjoy watching my children suffer says God I'm the only one that can heal your pain. Distractions won't do it. Shopping won't do it. Cigarettes won't do it. Another relationship won't do it. Let me heal your pain today. You've been in the wilderness too long. 
your marriage won't last if you stay in the wilderness. You must come out of the wilderness and hope again and dream again and believe again. If you feel like that's for you, just raise your hand. Because God doesn't talk because He likes to hear the sound of His voice. God likes to talk because He wants to be obeyed. So just keep, keep your hand high. If someone around you has their hand high, just extend your hand toward them. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here and that you're talking and we want to listen and obey so in the name of Jesus we ask let the river flow to every life to every marriage to every future to every destiny Lord let there be a torrent let there be a waterfall let there be a raging river rapid of your anointing and your favor, of your refreshing. I have brought you here, says the Lord, to make all things new. There are some of you, you you've come to this church the last few months or weeks. Why am I here? The Lord says, I have brought you here to bring refreshing to pour out my spirit upon you, to revive your heart and your mind, to believe again, to trust again, 
to hope again, to know me as a good father. You know, it's very interesting you can put your hands down when we first planted the, the church, one of the many seasons that we were in, I had a dream where I saw the finger of God on the wall. And I said to the Lord, what is the message that Lakeland needs to hear? And the hand of the Lord wrote on the wall, Lakeland, it's okay to trust again. It's okay to believe that we really can have a move of God built on rock-solid marriages. It really is okay to believe that we could have a community where all the children know the Lord from the least to the greatest. It really is okay to believe that men and women can operate in high levels of power and authority and their marriage not be jacked up. It really is okay to believe that the Lord is raising up a people in the earth that will have character that matches anointing. I feel like God is speaking over Polk County. He's speaking over Lakeland. Behold, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. He will accomplish his plans in this city and in this region. What has been spoken long ago will come to pass. But we have to trust again. We have to hope again. We have to believe that we have a good father who wants the very best for his kids. And if you're here today and you're lost, you're off the path, you know that you're not where you're supposed to be, his hand of mercy and his hand of grace, what father would turn away their child, even in their season of rebellion? This is the great God that we serve. He's worthy of all our praise. He gave his all and his son. And he's looking for a people to do the same. Just three more minutes. I've been meditating on Joshua going into Jericho. Feeling like many of us are so close to the walls falling the the dam bursting whatever picture we're I just I feel we're so close whatever that that means for your life and you know it says in verse 1 that in Joshua chapter 6 that Jericho was tightly shut up some of you might be you're so close but it feels like there, there's so much to go. There's, there's so much breakthrough. And I just felt the Lord saying that the reason why the enemy is fighting your access 
into the new season God has given you is because the enemy knows once you get into what God has for you, you will begin to execute a level of destruction on the enemy like never before. I, I mean, it might sound crazy, but I, I told my, my dad this morning, I'm, I'm out to make the devil pay. I texted my dad this morning. I said, I cannot wait till God the Father puts his hand on the devil and makes him confess before the whole earth, Jesus Christ is Lord. If there's any way that, that you and I can mess up his plans by speaking good plans. See, all the devil wants to throw is disappointment parties, negativity parties, depression parties, sickness parties. He just wants to make people miserable. And, and it's not enough just to believe him. He wants you on his team. So that if you have a bad day, the goal is to make your spouse have a bad day. He's looking for allies. But I want to be known as his enemy. I'm not going to be friends with the devil. I'm, I'm not going to pet my sin. I, I'm not going to walk around this church acting like everything's okay. We're in a war. We're in a war for our marriages. We're in a war for our children. We're in a war for our personal lives. We're in a war for this city. But we know the one who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And just because things are tightly shut up doesn't mean that things are not about to break. Because we know that as they marched, and they got in rhythm in the Ark of the Covenant. They followed the presence of God. On that day, they shouted. And when that shout went forth, those walls came down. And I want to encourage us by the Spirit of God as we close. This is a season to shout. This is a season to lift up our voices this is a season to declare things that are not as if they were. Everyone that we come in contact with this week, let's desire to speak a good word over them. Let's make it a point in our marriages to speak the plans and blessing of God over our spouses. I know it can be weird. It was weird for me. I said, babe, I give everyone else prophetic words, but how can I give you one? Kind of weird to like, you know, prophesy over your wife. Let's, let's, let's do everything that, what about our children? Speaking the plans of God, reminding them of their destiny. I, 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 I 
can't help but believing we would multiply and multiply and multiply. You know, the blessing of God speaking good things over people, it stirs up the anointing in their life. When, when you begin to speak the plans of God, it's like stirring some honey up. Who likes honey? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Allison, will you come? We sing the new wine. You know, I appreciated Allison's transparency this morning, even of what she's going through. You know, no, no one is exempt from hard times. But we'll never know what people are going through unless we ask. I want to encourage transparency in this community. I want to encourage you to get to know someone. How can I pray for you? Let's allow the Father to use us. But let it start at home. Start this week with your marriage. Start this week with your kids. If you need to repent, repent. If you've been nasty, if you've spoken hurt, ask for forgiveness. He's going to make all things new. Allison, will you lead us in this song and let's say yes to more. Let's say yes to hope. Let's say yes to trusting again.